Good morning, everyone. Hope everyone's having a blessed day. Let's get started with a word of prayer and then we'll follow up with our devotional. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Father God, we thank you for waking us up this morning, letting us see another another day we never seen. Father God, we ask you to guide us today, this day. Father God, we ask you as we partake in this devotional that you give us understanding, you help us apply it to our lives. You give us wisdom and knowledge so we can know uh, how to uh, go about our day. Father God, we ask you to continue to bless the people that are hearing the devotional, bless the ones that are reading it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Verse of the day, Acts 8, 22. Repent, therefore, of the wickedness and pray to the Lord. Perhaps he will forgive you for the intent of your heart. Topic, shameful of nothing. Affirmations. I'm going to pause behind each affirmation to give you opportunity to say it if you like. I am ashamed, but I am transformed. I am under the covering of God. I have a repentant spirit. I'm loving my God. It used to be when people were ashamed of their sins and they were ashamed to do certain things in front of a preacher. The world and people don't have high regard for the church because we compromise a lot of our ways and our values for the world. Shame is something we should feel when we commit a sin. But people nowadays commit a sin and feel nothing. They wonder why blessings aren't flowing in their life. They wonder why they can't hear the voice of God because they have drowned drawn away from God, but have drawn closer to liquor and, and weed and sex and anything and anything they can get their hands next to or allow their flesh to, to devour. Where, where are the people that are ashamed of their sins? The people in Nineveh were ashamed to repent, repent of. They didn't even let the animals eat or drink. They all covered themselves in sackcloth. Jer Jonah 3, 7, 8. This is the proclamation he issued in Nineveh. By the decree of the king and his nobles, do not let people or animals, herds or flocks taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink, but let people and animals be covered with sackcloth. Let everyone call urgently on God. Let them give up their, sin, their evil ways and their violence. We don't even attempt to be shamed for saying an ugly word or for cussing or doing things we shouldn't do. No, God has sent his son for him. First, God has sent his son for him to be the savior of our sins and to turn us around. But we don't even have the respect to turn from what we what we do. We don't have the respect to feel anything when we commit a sin. Why? Because we have gotten content being and living in sin. The Christian or the believer turns their nose up at the sin of the sinner, but secretly doing precisely what the sinner is doing. It's no shame. It's no shame at all knowing that God sees us and watches us and knows that we aren't doing what we should. No, we, we don't have to stay in shame, but we, we do need to feel guilty of what we have done. Do we feel that at all when we say things we shouldn't say? Some of us don't don't because we know we have grace and mercy. We we do, but we shouldn't overuse it. This is the word that the Holy Spirit has given me. He said people don't have any shame for the sins they commit because they are living in a mindset that forgiveness is given. So why should I be ashamed? Why should I feel guilty? He's he's going to forgive me. He showed me many people, millions and millions of people that go on day to day sinning and never repenting and only repent. When they feel it's necessary or say God knows how I am or and he does. That's how that's that's why he's offering true salvation. Hebrews 8 22, repent therefore of this wickedness of yours or pray that the Lord, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. 
It tells us here to repent. Even though we are Christians, we need to repent. We need we need to feel that because we are Christians, why do I need to repent? What's the point? The point is, is to be remorseful. Being remorseful can't be taught. It's nothing someone can pray on you, on you or me. We must understand that grace is in place for us as free as a free gift, not for us to, to overuse, but we do. The reason why the world doesn't feel so shame for what they do is because they see us and they see we aren't shameful at all. Acts 3.19, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. We, we don't try to hide or change it. Why should they? We must not only look and not only act, but we must also feel on the inside different from the world. We must get to the place where we see ourselves as, as saved people and not just people that are okay with being compared and compromised like the world. How do we get to this point? We must start looking at the sins we commit as barriers between God and us, our blockers to our relationship with God. But if we don't see it, we don't try to be different. How do we expect the world to follow suit? God doesn't want us hung up on our sins and let them eat on us, but he wants us to be a people that realize we did wrong and turn from it, not return to what we used to do or keep going on the path of what we are doing. We pray. We must connect. We must allow God to hear us and be on a deeper level with God. We must crave that from him. Today, learn to feel shame and release what you're doing to God so that he can make a, a change in you. But if there's no change, there's no guilt. Then what are we doing when we do feel the shame? Ask God, take it away. Show us how to get right. We don't get it right as long as we are holding on to it and continue in it. We must be like Nimba and change and cry out to God for true deliverance. This nation needs deliverance. And it won't, it won't get it watching us doing it all wrong. Prayer. Heavenly Father, please help us understand when we do wrong isn't of you. Help us to be shamed and remorseful so we won't do what we want. Lord, give us your strength to say no to flesh and yes, God, Lord, I love you and I, I thank you. Lord, forgive us of the sins we have done. Lord, change our heart, change our mind. Lord, we need you so much. Lord, we don't want to follow the world. We don't want to be the be in the wrong of the world, but we want to to dedicate ourselves to you. Help us do that every day in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So today's topic is shameful for nothing. When the Holy Spirit gave me this, um, he showed me millions of people doing the wrong thing. He even showed me Christians doing the wrong thing. And knowing is shameful for what they're doing. Knowing cares that they, they, they're sinning or they're compromising. And a lot of times what happens is, we get so comfortable doing our sin that we think, okay, God's going to forgive me, so I'm okay. That's what grace is for. I had someone to tell me, yeah, your, your devotion was good, but I want, to let, I want to let you know that when someone sin, they have grace, so they're okay if they do sin. Yes, I do know that's why grace is in place. Yes, I do know how grace works. But Paul tells us don't overuse it. Don't just do something just to be doing it. Let's look at that verse real quickly, because it's not part of my reference verses, but I want us to look at it. Let me pull it up. Let's look at this one verse. Go to Ephesians 2. 
this is not the verse I wanted to talk about, but let's go to Ephesians 2 real quick. Go to 8, verse 8. <clears throat> Ephesians 2, verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself, it is a gift of God. Verse 9, not by works, so that no one can boast. It tells us here that this is a gift from God. It, it, it's not for us to think we've done this and this is a gift that we get because we're just so special. No, we are special in God's eyes. Don't get me wrong. But God didn't give us this gift because we're so special. He gave us this gift so we can be saved, so we can know when we are doing wrong. If we slip up, we have it in place to be forgiven. It's a gift. And you don't overuse your gift. My mom used to tell me, uh, Lou, when you go somewhere and you you order food, don't order the biggest item. Order something that's just small so you won't overuse, overuse someone's expenses. It's the same way. You don't want to continue to sin on a gift that is given to us. You don't want to continue to sin just because you have grace in place. We have to understand that when we, in verse 3, he says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the carvings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. We are deserving of wrath. We are deserving of judgment. But he seemed fit to give us the gift of grace. So why overuse it? Why set ourselves up to continue to overuse something just because we enjoy certain sin? When we continue to do this sin, we, we, we don't feel ashamed of it. I can tell you this much. We, when we sin and we continue to do that same sin over and over, it's nothing in our heart that we feel. Because if it was something in our heart we feel, if we felt any kind of shame, we wouldn't continue to do it. We could, wouldn't continue to uh, fall into this pattern of doing the same sin. I'm trying to find this verse um, that Peter, that not Peter, Paul said. Um, I guess I'm not going to find it. Okay. Romans 6 and 1 through 2. I was in the book, wrong book. Go to Romans 6. Sorry, everyone. Like I said, this wasn't in my reference, but I feel like this fits it. I guess I should have used this as a reference, but we're here now. Okay. First, chapter 6, verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Verse 3, or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Jesus Christ? We're, we're ba baptized into his death. Verse 4, we were therefore buried with him through baptism and death and in that order, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. He's saying here that we must live a new life. Don't continue to go on sinning so grace may increase. That's, that's what he's saying. He said, by no means. We are those who have died to sin. We have died to sin. When we give our lives to God, when we give our lives to Christ, when we say, hey, I want to surrender. We say the sinner's prayer. We, we mean it from our heart. We are saying there that I'm dead to sin. 
I'm buried with Christ, but now I'm alive. And I'm baptized in him. I'm raised to glory of the Father. We're raised to glory of the Father. So when we sin, we should be like, wow, I, I didn't mean to make that mistake. I'm sorry. Now, I'm not saying to carry that sin with you. Holy Spirit's not saying to carry that spirit with you. He's saying to have some type of shame about what you're doing. And people don't. I have seen people do things in the church. People have went in and robbed the church. People have went in and did other things in the church. They shouldn't do arguing, fussing, and cussing in the church. Pulpit is, is no longer a holy thing. My, my mom used to tell my twin and I, we used to go into church. We used to play with others. And I remember one time running in the pulpit and my mom came over there so quick. I never seen that woman move so fast. And she said, don't you play in the pulpit. That is, that is where the pastor preach. Don't you ever play in the pulpit. He said, she said, the presence of God's on the pulpit. But people don't see it like that. Pastors and preachers and prophets and anyone else that gets in the pulpit, they use that pulpit as a whooping tool. They use it as a soapbox. And they sit there and they prosecute people over and over for sins they feel like it's the worst sins. When that's not what that pulpit's for. That pulpit is to condemn, not condemn, but that pulpit is there to help us get our point across through the Holy Spirit. And if you're not speaking what the Holy Spirit is speaking, you shouldn't be in it. But people today are not shameful for getting in the pulpit doing the wrong things. We have pastors and prophets, their life is not in right order in their home doing whatever, but they go into the pulpit on Sunday. You're, you shouldn't touch the pulpit if, you, if your life is not in order. We have to start being shameful. There's no shame. Like I said, the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to carry the shame and be be shameful and be hurt all day and be like, oh, poor is me. I, I sin. Oh, oh, goodness, I'm wrong. Or, oh, uh, God's going to have his wrath for me. No. It should be to a degree where when we sin, we say, okay, I'm not doing that sin anymore. But people nowadays do not do that. Even Christians, they do not do that. And I know a lot of people are not going to hear this podcast because they're going to feel like they honestly is going to condemn them, but they're not going to want to say that. They're just not going to want to hear it. And that's fine. I don't care if I'm teaching to one person, but we must be a people that are shameful for what we do and change. That's what true conviction is supposed to do. It's supposed to convict us and we turn away. We turn away from our sins. But what we do is we stay in that sin. So then we start compromising the word of God and watering it down so much that we let it fit our lives instead of letting the Bible fit us. Instead of letting the Bible carve out the fat, the Holy Spirit carve out the fat, we decide to allow, okay, this is what I want the Bible to say. This verse here, I'm going to put this here. Okay, this is what I want the Bible to say. I'm going to put this verse here. And we tailor our, tailor our life to what we want to do in the Bible. No, ma'am, no, sir. No way. That's not how you live the life of Christ. This journey is no longer taken serious by people. People make fun of it. People in these songs make fun of it. It was a, a girl I, I seen last night. They, I was looked down, I was watching YouTube. And this girl, um, not gonna call that singer's name, I was going to, but I'm not going to. The singer made a song specifically to pick our point at Christians. Because no one actually sees us doing anything different. 
I think this year was this church called the Aubrey Church. It's somewhere in Kansas or Tennessee. They prayed for so many days at this college. Uh, it was at college. And they prayed for, I think, two weeks or something like that. Um, don't quote me on the, how long they prayed. And they prayed. And the Holy Spirit showed up. But you know what people still did? They still pointed and, and, and said, no, that, that's not what you do. That's, that's not how you hold church. But to me, this world needs revival. This world needs people that's going to get on their knees and pray because we're heading to a point where everyone will say, oh, we're heading to Sodom and Gomorrah. We're, only, we're not only heading to that, but we're heading to people that are in the pulpit that's not helping people transform. We have people, we have, um, we have things going on in the streets that shouldn't be. We have people disappearing, people shooting people. So no, no, not only are we heading to Sodom and Gomorrah, that's the biggest sin that everybody likes to point out. And it, it could be true. Because of what's going on in this world. But what we as Christians are doing is compromising for everything else. We're not praying. We're not on our knees praying for this world. We're too busy praying for bigger cars and, and bigger pulpits and more followers. When we need to be praying for the sick and the shut-in. We need to have people passing out devotionals or, or passing out um, booklets to tell people how to get their life right. How to get the, instead of making fun of the crackhead and pointing out, oh, they're addicted to crack or they're addicted to weed or they're addicted to this and they're addicted to that. Instead of pointing it out, let's pray for this brother. Let's pray for this sister. Oh, this person is doing this on the internet. Let me, let me record this person acting up. Let me record this person saying these awful words. No, sit there and pray for that person. Putting someone on spotlight doesn't help them. It humiliates them. It doesn't change them. It, it doesn't. But we have gotten as a people where we don't do that anymore. We don't pray for people at all. Let's look at a reference verse real quick. Go Psalms 103. Verse 10 and 12. He does not punish us for our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of heaven above the earth. He has removed our sin as far as, as the east is from the west. This is how much love, love God has for us. He does not want to punish us for our sins. God doesn't want to rain down brimstones on people. He didn't want to do that even with Sodom and Gomorrah. He wanted these people's lives to be saved. He even says he does not deal with, harshly with us as we deserve. Some of us should get the whip. Some of us should deserve wrath, but we don't get it because that is how God is because he loves us so much. They said because his unfailing love is towards us. Those who fear him is as great as the height of the heaven and above the earth. His unfailing love is so big that we can't even explain it in words. His love, some people call it a crazy love because he chases us. It's this song that I love so much. I forgot the words of the song. But one of the parts of the song says, he chases me down, fights till I'm found. He leaves the 99. No, I don't deserve it. No, I don't earn it. But he give himself to what? Give himself to me and give himself away. I love that song because it says it right there that he didn't care about the 90. He cared about the 99, but he he left them to come find me. That he gave me grace, and even though I don't deserve it, 
He will tear down any mountain. He will he will kick down any person. He will climb, swim any river to get to me because he loves me and he loves you too just as much. And he wants us to know that, but he also wants us to know that we have to be ashamed of what we did so we can turn away. It has to be a little amount of shame there to say, I won't do this again, but we allow it to happen. We allow ourselves to keep giving ourselves to sin. We have to change. And in order to do that, we must get on our knees and pray and say, God, I have tendencies I need you to help me with. I have addictions that I can't deal with. I have such a, 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 a problem with drinking. Please help me. But people don't want to admit that they have problems because they know other Christians will point the finger and point judgment at them. When we shouldn't be so quick to point a finger at someone that's trying to tell us, hey, I have a problem and I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to do this sin. I feel bad about this sin. But because people are so scared to talk to people, because people are so judgmental and we shouldn't be, that people rather stay in sin than to say, I don't want to do this sin anymore. And we should be a people where people can come up to us and be like, Sister Laura, Sister Sarah, Sister Mary, please help me. I, I keep doing the same sin I can't get from it. Because once we start doing a sin, we open a doorway for certain spirits. And those spirits keep us bound. And they keep us so bound that people like to say, oh, that's not a spirit. Christians like to call everything a spirit. Because spirits are real. And people don't like to admit up to it. And people don't like to say that it's a real thing. They like to live in this world that, oh, it's no such thing as hell. It's no such thing as, it's a such thing as heaven, but I don't believe it's a such thing as hell. I don't believe it's a such thing as demons. Wake up. Is a such thing as hell and we will go there if we don't repent. We will go there if we don't change our ways. We must be shameful and turn away. It is a such thing as spirits. When you leave yourself open, you continue to do a repeat of sin. A spirit will enter and will inhabitate you. It will cause you to go blind and deaf where you don't hear God speaking to you. You don't see the word of God anymore because you're so inhabited with a spirit that's keeping you bound in a sin that you should be shameful of. But because you're not shameful, that spirit stays. You welcome that spirit. Stop welcoming the spirit. Start being shameful what you're doing. Let's look at one more verse. Hebrews 8 and 12. Hebrews 8 and 12. And I will forgive their wickedness. I will never again remember their sins. See, he said right here, I will forgive their wickedness. I will never remember their sins. The moment we say, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me of this sin. He says, okay, let me erase this out of their book. They said, I'm sorry. They're, they're, they're forgiven. Uh, let me just not keep this in this book. It's easy. Yes, he's forgiven us. But what do we do with his forgiveness? Do we treasure it? Or do we continue on sinning? Yes, we're going to sin because we're uh, made of the flesh. But the Holy Spirit wants us to know that we need to get back to the place that we have that much respect and that much healthy fear of the Lord that we are shameful for what we did and we turn around. It's not enough people saying, I'm ashamed of what I did. Let me turn around. Don't walk with that shame. Don't carry that shame. But when you feel that shame, know that your conscience is saying, okay, we should never did that. Let's not do that again. So listen to the Holy Spirit that's living inside you. He's telling you, don't do that again. 
Turn away from that particular sin. Don't continue to run back to it. That's how we get over shame. We know that we are forgiven. We have the gift of grace. And we move past that particular sin. We can't grow in the Lord if we keep falling for the same sin. God cannot elevate us or pour into a dirty vessel if we continue to do the same sin. We must be people that say, I'm not going to do this anymore. I love God. I do not want a barrier between me and him. But until we get to that point, whether you're a babe of Christ or a vet in Christ, this is something that people deal with and people don't like to talk about. If you have a sin that you are tired of doing, email me, DM me, message me, and we can pray together for the spirit or this problem to be removed out of your life. Don't beat yourself up when you when you sin. Ask God for forgiveness. But when you feel that that beating up, that that feeling that you feel like, oh, I've done wrong, that is shame. Value that because that means that you're trying to do the right thing. It means the Holy Spirit is living inside you and that you want to do better. Value that, but don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to the point of uh, that you beat yourself up, that you become depressed and have anxiety. We have to get to the point where we say, okay, I'm forgiven. I want to walk in the light. I want to grow in Christ. I want to have a great relationship. I want to give others the gift of Christ by talking to them. But you can't save a soul if you're behind closed doors doing precisely what you're trying to teach people not to do. Hope you all enjoyed the, the devotional today. The devotional was a whipping post. <laughs> it, it spanked me a little bit myself. It, it taught me a little bit of something. You know, we all are Christians. We are followers of God, God or are trying to be followers of Christ or however stage we are. We all are trying to be better and reach heaven, but we can't reach heaven if we sugarcoat the word of God. If I offended anyone, I'm sorry that you're offended, but this is the Holy Spirit speaking, not me. I pray that you all learned something from this devotional. I did too. Remember, Jesus loves you, and I love you too. Have a blessed day.